Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484. 84-L-O-U and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs and welcome to the Great America Sunday Show. It's great to have you with us. Thanks for joining us. Joe Biden has finally launched retaliatory attacks against the Iranian-backed militia groups of terrorists in Syria and Iraq. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said U.S. warplanes struck more than 85 targets at seven facilities utilized by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and the militant groups, the terrorist groups, that they sponsor. Three of those facilities in Iraq, four were located in Syria. In total, more than 40 people were killed, no civilians. That's the latest report. And more bad news for Joe Biden, if that's possible. 61% of voters say Joe Biden doesn't deserve to be reelected. Those are the worst numbers, according to Gallup, in 32 years. The American people's view on Congress isn't pretty either. 67% of Americans say their members of Congress don't deserve to be reelected. And my guess is most of us happen to agree with both those polls. Our guest today is former White House stenographer Mike McCormick. And Mike, it's good of you to be with us. You've got a new book out, and it's straightforward. The title is The Case to Impeach and Imprison Joe Biden. Mike, you were the White House stenographer for 15 years, the stenographer for Vice President Biden from 2011 to 2017. I'd call some of those the wonder years in terms of Biden's corruption and all that he was up to. Mike, great to have you back with us. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Lou. Let's turn to, I mean, I I have to say, the corruption you witnessed firsthand in the form of kickbacks. You've you've witnessed some mighty questionable, uh, well, I would say, uh, scenes and events. Uh, tell us, if you will, first, the, the kickbacks, what you actually saw. So um, the kickback scheme was centers around Ukraine 
And as a stenographer for Joe Biden, I traveled with him to Ukraine three times. He did a total of six trips there uh, from the time he was a vice president. He took one trip there in 2009. And then when the Ukrainian uh, uprising, the Maidan uprising happened in like January of 2014, that's when things started to get heated. And he became very interested in being the savior of Ukraine and going over there and helping them with their um, energy security. That's when the kickback scheme started. So he did a trip there in April of 20, uh, April 21st, 2014. Then he went in June. I wasn't on that trip. Then he went later that year in November 2014. I was on that trip. Then he went in 2015 in December. I was on that trip. And that's when he fired the prosecutor, the guy Shokin. And then he did a final wrap-up trip just days before he left office in just uh, January 2017. Uh, very strange that a vice president would, uh, the tail, very tail end of his uh, term, rush over to not only Ukraine, but he also went to Davos for the World Economic Forum. So Naturally, you know, naturally. <laughs> all right. So I was there for that. So when did I see the kickback specifically on that flight to um April 21st, 2014, there was a kickback scheme underway, and I've got tons of evidence of, of, of it that I derived from digging into the Hunter Biden laptop. The emails show interactions between Joe and Hunter and Devin Archer. And um, days before this April 21st trip, there was a meeting of the three of those in the White House. And then on that flight, Jake Sullivan walked to the back of the plane and explained to the press when questioned, what kind of energy security is Joe Biden bringing to Ukraine? And he explained, we're bringing stuff for, for um, non-traditional uh, gas resources. That's fracking. And that was, that was um, the Biden kickback scheme centered around Burisma's fracking. They were growing their fracking business. So basically, he was saying on behalf of Joe Biden, we're going to go help their fracking. And that was Burisma. Right. So it's sort of an interesting thing for a vice president to be involved. Did you were any of uh, Hunter's business partners with Joe and Hunter on on these trips? No, no. Uh, Hunter and Joe were never seen together. Very, very little, very few. And, and, you know, you can tell from the way the uh, laptop, they coordinate their communication, the laptop, but um, they try to keep a distance. But there's a lot of instances that I put in the book about meetings they had, critical meetings of strategic, right. developing the strategy for this kickback scheme. Then they go into the White House and they further it. Then they go on this trip in April 21st, 2014. And then as problems begin to pile up, Hunter Biden relays information back into Joe. He's on the phone with him every day. That's what Joe used to brag about. I'm on the phone with my kids every day. And Joe would set up American policy to fix uh, what, you know, first of all, put money in Barrizo's pocket, but also to um, fix their problems. So there was an interconnect, if you will, between the issue, the uh, the great gift of fracking from Joe Biden to the Ukrainians, and Burisma was going to be involved in that as well? Correct. Burisma had um, huge contracts for fracking in Ukraine was one of the few countries in Europe that allowed fracking. 
They had large um, unconventional gas reserves in the eastern part of the uh, country. That's where they're fighting now. Basically, this invasion by Putin, he's invaded Ukraine to take over their their natural gas reserves. Um, and he'll have a, a monopoly on energy in that part of the world, transmitting it into Europe at high prices. So you know, he's he's got Europe strung out. You know, Biden went in there as a savior of Ukraine, but he brought his corruption along with him, and Putin just walked in behind it. And it was all about fracking. And fracking is what was going on in Crimea. Putin took that over, and Burisma had contracts there. So now, basically what we watched here over the course of this time, uh, your period as a White House stenographer traveling with a vice president to the current day, Joe Biden, who is going to do so much for Ukraine, is now responsible for the war uh, being waged by by Vladimir Putin's Russia against Ukraine, devastating the country, destroying uh, so so many thousands of lives uh, and property uh, the, the uh, it's going to be a restoration project of immense proportions. And this is the guy who was doing so much for Ukraine. And he let this happen because he not only refused to shut down uh, Vladimir Putin and stop that war before it began. He has also stopped peace negotiations as well between Ukraine uh, and the Soviet Union. So it's sort of hard to see the the game that he's playing, but it is a game, uh, and I do not know to what end. We're talking with Mike McCormick. He is the author of the book, The Case to Impeach and Imprison Joe Biden. And I have to recommend it to you highly, folks. Uh, this is a, a book that is very important. When we continue, we're going to be talking about a picture. It's a picture of Joe Biden and the president of Honduras in Honduras. And you ask, reasonably so, what was Joe Biden doing in Honduras? And he has a way when he travels, business gets done. We'll, re we'll be right back with Mike McCormick, the author of Case to Impeach and Imprison Joe Biden. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Lou Dobbs here. I'm delighted to let you all know that the program Lou Dobbs Tonight has returned to the air. That's right. Lou Dobbs Tonight is back. We're live each and every weeknight at 7 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Central on rumble.com slash Lou Dobbs. That's rumble.com slash Lou Dobbs. I hope you'll be joining us for Lou Dobbs Tonight as our fight to save this country has only begun. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, 
There's joy in every journey. We're back now with Mike McCormick. The book is The Case to Impeach and Imprison Joe Biden. And there's uh, there's so much fascinating uh, in, uh, information and uh, anecdotes in this uh, in this book, Mike. Uh, and and certainly what is fascinating to me is that the audience needs to know is you were interviewed about uh, Joe Biden's corruption by the House Oversight Committee. Uh, tell us about that real quickly, if you would, and, and what the result was. Yes, thanks on that, Lou. My determination, uh, you know, I started writing a substack, the substack called Midnight in the Laptop of Good and Evil. And I based it on what I found on the Hunter Biden laptop. And then I started going back into my own personal experience of what I saw Joe do. Well, along the way, um, I started putting out some significant evidence and I went to the FBI with what I just described to you, this trip, this April 21st, 2014 trip and said, this was me witnessing a crime. And what I year, like what be, year did you go to the FBI? Uh, that was February, just last February. So February, 2023. Mm -hmm. um, and I never heard back from them. I kept, I talked to some other media and then eventually got to the attention of the uh, oversight committee and the oversight committee had me down for an interview and it, it struck me as odd the way they were talking to me. There were lawyers, I was talking to their lawyers and they're very non-committal, but it struck me that what they wanted, and I told them quite a bit of information that I knew at the time, it struck me that they wanted to only focus on the Biden crime family the information I had at the time included Barack Obama, um, Jake Sullivan, and later I developed information about the uh, embassy in Ukraine, Ambassador Jeffrey Pyatt, Assistant Secretary um, uh, of State uh, Victoria Newland, And, you know, the more evidence, I, and I would pass that information on as I wrote my subsects to them. And I never heard back from them after I did this interview. At the end of the interview, they said, well, you, you've got some really interesting things that we've, we've heard about. Um, and I said, well, I'd love to testify. And they said, well, yeah, I don't, you know, we're not going to see that happening. They didn't really say. They were just noncommittal. And they said, you really would like to testify? I said, yeah. And they just sort of shrugged and said, well, okay, we'll see. And well, so then they, they, you know, Mike, you're telling me that the investigators uh, didn't want to ha have your evidence at all? No. And they, they put me in touch with the Senate Homeland Security Governmental Affairs Committee investigators, and they were a lot more receptive of the information. And they actually gave me some information. One of the leads they gave me was, you should look into this guy, Pyatt. And once I did, I started finding more stuff there. So spell just, his name. Spell his name. Pyatt, P-Y-A-T-T, -T, Ambassador Jeffrey Pyatt, Jeffrey with a G. Mm -hmm. So. You know, I thought, okay, they're setting up this investigation. They're going to do these in, these interviews. I should get interviews. I, I still haven't been interviewed. So I went to the U.S. attorney, David Weiss. I said, look, I've got evidence. So you should have me in, in front of you. And he ignored what I told him. And then I set up. I wonder why. I wonder why. And this was before he, this was in May. So this was before he came out with that devious um, Hunter Biden you know, uh, plea deal that was so sweetheart deal, yeah. sweetheart deal. 
So, you know, they wouldn't talk to me. So then eventually when it, it got, when the sweetheart deal got kicked out by the judge, the judge made a ruling and said, if any third party has something to say about this case, contact my chambers. And I contacted the judge's chambers and sent them information. And I called them and they heard back from them and they said, yeah, we got your information. And then the very next day, David Weiss was named as the special counsel. And that's where it sits now in the investigation of Joe Biden, as far as the, as far as the Department of Justice is concerned. And I haven't heard from him. So that's why I wrote this book. And I haven't heard from the, you know, the investigators in the House or the Senate or special counsel David Weiss. Why not? I don't know. I mean, you see what's in the book. I, took, I put the book out to the court of public opinion. That way, uh, at least people can see the evidence and say, you know what, this guy should really testify. Well, it's 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 clear that you should have been uh, should have testified. Uh, you would have been under oath in a, a trans uh, transcribed uh, interview. Uh, I, I don't understand why they would not want that information. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Let, let's turn to to the picture that I mentioned uh, that you have of Joe Biden and the president of Honduras. What year was that? You know, I don't know when this picture was taken. Uh, I found it on Twitter. I looked mm -hmm. into uh, President Orlando Hernandez's Twitter feed, and there was this picture of him and Joe Biden in close contact with each other. They're clearly in the Roosevelt Room in the White House. I've been in that room hundreds of times. I know that room really well. That's where they are. And it's I think it's early in their uh, relationship, which would have been about 2014. Um, the. Um, there was the unaccompanied minor crisis in the summer of 2014. And Joe Biden weaseled his way into being in charge of that, too. And one of the things they did as they were investigating how to fix this on this crisis was he had uh, President of Honduras, President of Guatemala and the president of El Salvador come to the White House and meet with him and President Biden. So I think that was around that time. Summer of 2014 could have been um, fall of 2014 potentially even 2015. Did but you ever see any other interaction between the two? Oh, yes. Um, between Hernandez and um, Biden, they did a lot of meetings around this. It's called the Alliance for Prosperity. And Biden took trips down to the region. Uh, I never went to Honduras with him when he met Orlando Hernandez. I oh. went to Honduras with him in 2012 when he met Orlando Hernandez's predecessor, a guy named Pepe Sosa Lobo, whose son is now in prison for smuggling tons of cocaine into America. And Hernandez's brother is now in prison for smuggling tons of cocaine into America. Hernandez is in it's prison. It's tough being a brother of a president in uh, Honduras, isn't it? Yeah, the family members of the presidents, and the presidents were using their government. And, and the Obama-Biden administration knew it. Coming up next, Speaker Mike Johnson abandons America First once again. J.R. Majewski, the America First candidate running for Congress in Ohio's 9th Congressional District. And Speaker Johnson just endorsed his opponent. J.R. joins us here next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for staying with us here on The Great America Sunday Show. And joining us now, J.R. Majewski, and as I said, running for Congress in Ohio's 9th Congressional District. J.R., a pleasure to have you with us. And I want to start with what's going on in the Middle East right now. Last week, we had the attack that killed three innocent service members. And just this weekend, you have Joe Biden launching retaliatory attacks. What do you make of it? Well, I think it's it's a tragedy when any member of the our armed forces passes. Um, it's especially tragic when we know that this is preventable had we had uh, a strong leader like Donald Trump as our president. And um, I would hope that you know the these proxy wars and and these things that are happening overseas with our our service members aren't an attempt for the Biden administration to bolster their candidacy for president. We all know that uh, wars win. Uh, elections and um you know with with the way Donald Trump is polling today and the momentum that we're seeing from the America First movement and the fact that none of us want to be at war um is only symptomatic of, to me at least that you know there's some meddling going on but if Donald Trump were the president and we had a strong leader I don't think we would see uh, many of these issues that we're seeing on the world stage I I worry about what you're describing right now which is uh, that the Biden administration polling lower than any president uh, since Jimmy Carter is looking in every which direction, uh, whether it be the border, uh, whether it be overseas. Uh, he's looking for anything to distract from his ineptitude uh, and uh, just outright ignorant policies that have devastated this country economically, uh, socially, uh, and it goes on. Uh, but also it's interesting that uh, Lindsey Graham, uh, and uh, Mitch McConnell and John Cornyn came out wanting a strike against Iran. Uh, and I was just hoping that maybe they'd go out and volunteer to, you know, to, to pick up, a, you know, a, an M-16 or whatever and, and be right there at the right at the point of the spear. But that isn't the way it works, is it? Instead, no, no. it looks to me like they're wagging the dog for Joe Biden. Joe Biden doesn't even have to because the rhino establishment Republicans are doing it for him. And that's an outrage. The, these ignorant, these three ignorant senators are an embarrassment to the country. Agreed. They're just opening their wallet for uh, for Blackwater and, and all of the other not not Blackwater, but, you know, the Halliburton's of the world. And, uh, you know, that that's again, that's what they do. That's what they're famous for. Um, these neocons are are part of our problem here at home. Um, they've they've driven us into this polarization. They've they, they don't have any um, leadership skills and they're, they're not trying to pull the country together and, and, and look internally when we have veterans here. Uh, suffering from PTSD, we have veterans here that don't, that are homeless, and 
Uh, we're, we're out fighting all of these other wars, just in my opinion, for the distinct benefit of them to make a little bit more money. It's, it is a play for the military industrial complex. It is a play for Wall Street. It is a play for big tech. Uh, it, it is uh, disgusting what we are watching happen to this country right now. Uh, you know, uh, in Iran, uh, excuse me, in Iraq, uh, we were told we should get ready for the doctrine of long war. General David Petraeus said, you know, we're going to be a, we're going to go to what it is. It's very important that we have a long war doctrine. And by golly, we got a long war, 21 years of it in Afghanistan and Iraq. Uh, to what end? Right. To no end at all. Uh, and and people want to just ignore the reality uh, <laughs> that it is, as you say, uh, it's a feature of those who are profiteers uh, and who are making a lot of money while guys are losing their lives, as did these three service members over the weekend. Uh, and we know it that there are at least there are hundreds of our service members who've been wounded uh, without response from this administration in any meaningful way. I, I want to turn to your campaign and ask how much are you going to make of that issue in your campaign for Congress? Well, Lou, it's a good question. Marcy Kaptur, who I'm running against, she's the Democratic incumbent who has been in office for 41 years. Um, she's also the chairwoman of the Ukrainian caucus. So, you know, she's knee deep in this in this corruption. She's knee deep in, in sending our taxpaying dollars to proxy wars across the world. And so we're, we're definitely focused on that. Uh, the people of my district have been under her spell, under her charm for for you know, her entire candidacy. But, you know, they're, they're starting to wake up, especially because we see the political mistreatment and the lawfare that's being cast against Donald Trump. It's really opening their eyes. And, um, they're, you know, we're, we're trying to um, shift their perspective you know, just as much on Marcy Kaptur and what she's done as much as they're seeing you know, the, their own uh, initiative on what Biden and his administration is doing to Donald Trump. And the persecution, the political persecution of Donald Trump, it, it, it staggers me. Uh, and I've been reporting on it throughout. But it still staggers me to think that we're now in the ninth year of the political persecution of Donald Trump. He hasn't been found guilty of a single wrongdoing. Uh, we know that the prosecutors more, they're the ones who belong in jail. Uh, this idiot, Jack Smith, I mean, what is he? Uh, he's a, he's a Marxist uh, activist. Uh, he, he might as well be in, you know, mid 1980s, uh, uh, the Soviet Union putting on show trials because this is what he's about. Uh, we're going to talk uh, here with J.R. Majewski uh, about his campaign, about where we're headed as a country and what he wants to do about it. And we're also going to take up uh, just exactly why, why it is he had a problem with the uh, U.S. Air Force with his uh, his jacket, his military records. And uh, the story is fascinating. We take that up right after these words. Stay with us. Lou Dobbs here. I'm delighted to let you all know that the program Lou Dobbs Tonight has returned to the air. That's right. Lou Dobbs Tonight is back. We're live each and every weeknight at 7 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Central on rumble.com slash Lou Dobbs. That's rumble.com slash Lou Dobbs. I hope you'll be joining us for Lou Dobbs Tonight as our fight to save this country has only begun. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're back with J.R. Majewski. And uh, J.R., let's, let's go to uh, your, your military uh, file uh, your, uh, and the problem that you had uh, with the with the U.S. Air Force and their release of what is uh, your personal military record. Mm-hmm. How did it come to be? Well, we were polling within two points, plus or minus two points uh, of Marcy Kaptur last September. And I believe in, and I think many of folks believe that we were on path to unseating her. And they launched a, an October surprise in late September uh, they accused me of lying about my military service. They accused me of not being a combat veteran, lying about that. And when I proved that I was, they then accused me of not serving in Afghanistan. And it all hinged on the fact that I didn't have the global war on terrorism medal that uh, was created about a year after I had gotten out of the service. And after the um, after the election, Matt Gates and Anna Paulina Luna and a few other good members of Congress uh, investigated this, and they found out that. You know, they they had this information in July, but the, the government gangsters waited till uh, October, or excuse me, late September to release it. And um, it was a product of them forging my signature, stealing my Social Security number and, and gaining access to my my entire file and lying by, by omission. And I spent the last uh, 11, 12 months petitioning the Air Force and I was finally awarded the medal uh, in October, which is when I decided to get back into the race and finish what I started. That's incredible. And who was behind it, do you think? Um, you know, I, I know it was Marcy Kaptur. I also know it was the, the DCCC. But, you know, when you look at the genesis of Kevin McCarthy um, fighting for the gavel uh, on round, I believe it was round 13 of the speakership race, one Democrat stood up and said that they would consider crossing the aisle and voting for him. And that was Marcy Kaptur. So, you know, I, I can't help but believe that Kevin McCarthy had a part in it. And I think that uh, his, his uh I don't know, distrust and, and uh, vitriol for me is, is leaking into this cycle as well, because you have, you know, a guy like Speaker Johnson endorsing a candidate that, uh, you know, is a cookie cutter establishment type because they know that I'm an America first candidate. And I believe uh, strong, very strongly that my job in Washington, D.C. is, is going to ensure, be ensuring that Trump's agenda is pushed through and that he doesn't have a lame uh, House of Representatives like he did his first term. 
Yeah, he needs every everyone uh, uh, on the ground fighting for the America First agenda. There's just no other no other way that we can rescue this country. Uh, let, let's go to Derek uh, Marin and how in the world he came to the attention of the speaker when you were sitting there fighting for the uh, for the nomination uh, with your background as a veteran uh, as a America First candidate. Do you know what's the, what the story is behind his decision to come up a, with a challenger to you? Well, the first candidate, um, you know, they recruited back in last April when I wasn't in the race and McCarthy uh, was able to coalesce leadership to support him. He raised a good amount of money and then he was caught on a telephone call with a donor um, really dressing down the president and President Trump and 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 sharing his true feelings about the president and that he's arrogant. He's not presidential. He doesn't like him. He doesn't like how he calls people names. Basically, he doesn't like a, an America first strong willed man who is defending himself after being unfairly attacked for nine years. Like we just talked this about this. And you're talking about uh, Derek Maron. No, this is the this is the candidate before him. And oh. um, yeah, so his 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 <laughs> candidacy somewhat imploded and in an effort of, of sheer panic, uh, the establishment in Washington, D.C. recruited Derek Marin, and little did they know that Derek Marin is also scandal uh, plagued. He has some some issues um, as as a gentleman that tried to gain speaker of the House here in Ohio and, and totally failed in, in that effort. And then, you know, he has uh, some accusations of having an affair with with another member of, of the House who um, was eventually kicked out of the House for having an adulterous affair. And and the, Derek Marin did yes. all that. And you referenced somebody who didn't make it to Speaker of the House. Who is that? That was Derek Marin as well. He he was a, the the conference or the caucus last cycle or last year uh, elected him as Speaker, and then because of some misbehaviors and some disagreements that he had with uh, specific members, um, from what I understand, he was promising them um, positions on certain is chairman or vice chairman of, of, of certain um, you know, efforts in the house. And then once he won the speakership, he, he, he withdrew that. And so those folks then uh, partnered up with, with some of the Democrats and they were able to, uh, to award the speaker to another gentleman. And this gentleman uh, came right out of the gate this cycle. Once, once president Trump was uh, running for president and endorsed him and Derek Marin didn't do that until I don't, actually I'm not even sure he's endorsed him yet, but I believe he made an attempt at endorsing President Trump once he decided to run against me. So uh, the charade is pretty clear. I'm, I'm, I'm actually very surprised that Speaker Johnson um, was was fooled by this and that they've actually chosen someone like Derek. How many are in the race? Uh, four, myself included. And uh, and you're the principal America First candidate. Uh, you have a, a military uh, uh, background, a veteran, uh, you, and you're, you've been, without question, uh, talking about the right issues and doing the right thing. So uh, you have no idea how the Speaker of the House decided to bring in Derek Marin with all the, the baggage that he's got. Right. And I also spent 20 years working in the nuclear power institute, Lou. So, you know, I have a, I have a, 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 a vast level of knowledge on on energy. And when we're in a in the positions that we are right now with respect to not not having our energy independence, I mean, I could be a staunch ally, not only for the House, but I know Donald Trump recognizes my talent and my skill set. So, you know, I'll be somebody that he'll be able to count on 
when he when he takes the reins in the White House. Well, that's great. And who's funding your opponent, uh, principal opponent, uh, since uh, the speaker is backing uh, Derek Barron? Is it Derek Barron? Um, I would think that he's going to be getting sponsored from Americans for Chinese Prosperity and, and a few other groups that, uh, you know, are looking to work against the America First movement. Uh, I haven't put my finger on it yet, but uh, I know he's getting some phone calls. The NRCC is actually calling donors in my district and asking them to sit down and speak with him. They've actually shared emails with me and um, they're, they're not happy with that. And so he's going to have he's going to have a fight in his hands. We're up on the polls by 19 points right now. So you know, I'm not I'm not really worried about these folks. I, I, I wish them well in the run for second place. But, you know, it would be nice if the leadership in the party would stop embarrassing themselves and stop embarrassing Donald Trump. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. Join us here tomorrow for The Great America Show. Our guests will be firebrand investigative journalist Laura Loomer. And please join us each and every day on The Great America Show. Please join us for Lou Dobbs tonight, each and every weeknight on Rumble, Twitter, and Frank Speech, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. And follow me on Twitter and Truth Social, at Lou Dobbs, and on Facebook and Instagram, at Lou Dobbs Tonight. Thanks, everybody. God bless you, and may God bless America.